0: Back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're tuning in for this extended stay, part two of a three episode. Kind of a mini-series in our extended stay uh, version of Persons of Interest Summer Takeover with Candidly Kia. That's right. If you listened last week, we kicked off part one of Faith and Culture. And then this week is going to be part two. And then next week, we're coming back one more time with Candidly Kia to talk about faith and culture man you do not want to miss it and then we're going to round out august with one more special guest on extended stay and then we're going to jump right into our september series i ain't done i'm telling you you don't want to miss all the things that are coming up for vantage point in 2023 to close out this year so make sure you tune in and lock in what's to come but man let's jump right in to part two of faith and culture so that that leads me to that the second question, really, and we may have already covered it, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. How do you feel as a believer that our faith can be impacted by culture, and should it be?
1: Hmm. Well, I
2: don't think that our faith should be impacted by culture. I think that we need to impact culture by our faith. And I think when we do the aforementioned is where we run into compromise, um, is where we run into um, that emotionalism um, and putting our opinion above um, the word of God and the, atten- the intention um, for God, for humanity and for us. Um, can you go back to the first part of your question? Was the first part?
0: Yeah, it, it was how do you feel? as a believer, that our faith can be impacted by culture. Because I know you just said that it shouldn't, but we know it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so so I feel like it's impacted when we, so it kind of goes back to early what you're saying, right? Like everything in culture isn't bad. Um, I often refer to the scripture where it says, let us lay aside every sin and the weight that doth so easily beset us so that we can run this race with endurance, right? And one thing that I'm aware of is in that scripture, uh, it clearly says, let us lay aside every sin and every weight, right? And so it distinguishes between weight and sin, which leads us to conclude that every weight is not a sin necessarily, right? But every sin is a weight. And so we also know that the Bible is restrictive, but it's also permissive as well, simultaneously, right? And so I think that also speaks to what you were saying, like not all things are black and white. Sometimes I don't think that things are literally black and white, right, in the Bible. And when things are not so clearly stated, um, then we have to look at the biblical text and say, okay, well, what is the overall theme, right? And and what is the overall message that God is trying to get us to come? excuse me, that God is trying to convey here so that we can make it applicable to our life, right? And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't think that, I think that in those instances where we're feeling like, hey, I'm being impacted by culture, here's some decisions and some things um, that I want to make or that I need to make, and how do I view culture or, or sort of resist this tendency for culture to impact faith, I think we have to go back to the word of God is is my answer, right? And I think we have to go back and say, okay, well, what is the word of God saying about this particular thing? And then as a Christian, I need to decide whether or not I should participate in it by speculating and by evaluating whether it's a sin or whether it's a weight, right? If it's a sin that God clearly says we should have no fellowship with, then I think you have your answer, right? And I think when you go against that, obviously, you know, you, you're you disobeying God. So you would have to answer to that, you know, on your own, right? But on those things that we're not clear about, um, I also think that there's a, a tendency to put our opinion, our feelings, right? Like as humans, and not even just saying black humans or what, just as Christians, as bel- believers, I mean, we're all sinners saved by grace, right? But how many times do have we have said on something that it's not necessarily restricting but because you want to do it but because you don't see uh how can i say the bad in it so to speak right and and like we acquiesce because of our flesh right and so i think that we have to be mindful that when we think about the things that we should participate in that are not so clear and black and white are we also willing to submit our opinion, our authority, our flesh, the, the things that we are naturally inclined to do um to the word of God, right? And in making those decisions, we have to ask ourselves even if it's not as black black and white, does it go against the theme that's so seamlessly interwoven throughout the biblical text, God's character, his intention um for us. And I hope I'm making sense. Like I just I just think that we can't allow culture to impact us to the point where it overrides our Christian identity. Because I do think, and that goes back again to what we were talking about earlier on, that we have a tendency to put our cultural affiliation above our kingdom identity. And what God is telling us is that it should be. The inverse, right? Like before Jesus, I believe that before Jesus was a Jew, he's like, I understand that my assignment is as the son of God, right? And so he's like, yeah, I know who my mother is. I know who my father is and all those things. But none of those things are important to my assignment and above my divine identity. And I hope that makes sense. I'm just going to start right there.
0: No, that that makes 100% uh, sense to me. Um, And I hope everybody's listening uh, is is getting that and getting something from this conversation, because as you were talking, um, you know, one thing I I kept thinking about the um, kind of that um, like we talked about black and white and gray. Right. And like abortion. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. That will forever be a gray area. Let me just Mm -hmm. say that Mm -hmm. it will always be a gray area what the where the word of God comes in is it's what is my response to the gray area. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Christianity falters when it comes to culture. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a twofold falter. We want to try to create, we want to try to make a gray area black and white with scripture. And we want to try to still be gray ourselves in a gray area. But ultimately yeah. what scripture is for, it's not going to change the gray area. It's True. my response to the gray area is where scripture comes in. So when you ask me about something like gay marriage, right? That will be a gray area forever in culture. But my response to that gray area is very clear. It will be black and yeah. white today. It's going to be black yeah. and white tomorrow. It's going to be black sense. and white the next day. My response, that, that out, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it's going to be great. And I think that's <laughs> where we get into this. How we try to change something into black and white. And then we force that. Hey, no, you're wrong. You need to. That's not how That that is. That is that truth and love. It ultimately is whats is what we're doing. And that's what I have. Like when I think of a lot of christian conversations and, and i have to say it this way because it tends to be where this falls and this might be a whole nother conversation for another episode where we're talking about faith and culture probably need to talk about faith and politics because <sighs> politics is another area that takes christianity and bends it to its ideals right and 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 people automatically assume Oh, if you're a Christian, you're you're you are a Republican. If you're not a Christian, you're a Democrat. Like that's essentially where Christianity falls, especially on a topic like abortion. And I remember, I think it was um, oh, the last election. I I would tell you it's the funniest thing in the world to me because you saw Christians, Christians, when when Joe Biden won. Okay. You had evangelical Christians sad and just distraught. And then you had democratic Christians praising the Lord. And I'm like, what is going on? Both of y'all is jacked up because you clearly, you putting all your faith into a political party or political candidate. Yeah. Because that's where your faith is. How because the election of a because the person who was elected, you somehow think that now you know and we can like I said that's a whole nother debate on 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 yeah. the two people that ran and who's this and who's that <laughs> and and all of those things we can go into that all day, but it's another avenue that tries to take Christianity and bend it to culture, political culture right and and so you have your evangelical Christians right, Um, or evangelical conservatives, I should say, who have a different view than I don't even know what you call uh, democratic evangelicals. I think that's what you call it. I don't know. But liberals, thank you, Holy Spirit, evangelical liberals. And you have Christians split politically. You have Christians split culturally. And I, I think, like you said, it's not all bad, but what is my response to the culture? And I think that's, to your point, how we impact culture, not allowing culture to impact our faith, but allowing our faith to impact culture is because I'm going to stand on the black and white word of God is what I'm going to do. yeah. I, that's yeah what I'm absolutely. To I'm not yeah. going to stand on what you think or what I feel, because I can feel a whole lot. Right. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I've said this before on other episodes, where we've talked about LGBTQ, um, and, and I think I, I think Christians in general, the the faith of Christianity, has done a terrible job of embracing the culture, embracing the people. Let me say that. Not accepting, but embracing, because we know Jesus loves them too. We read the scripture. We know what the Bible says. That Jesus has love for them, too. Those are still his children. As wayward as we may think they are, he still loves them. So what does he command us to do? Love them, yeah. too. So how have yeah. we done that? How have we loved it? And not just that community. I'm talking about the murderers and and, and people that, that steal and people that kill. Like, it don't have to stop with LGBTQ. Again, that's another yeah. hot, gray topic that people like to talk about. But... How do we treat the homeless person on the street? How do we treat the sick and lame? How do we treat those people? You know, I I love how pastors and (laughs) preachers talk about if Jesus was walking around on earth today, where would he be? He wouldn't be at your church. I'm just, let's just be honest. He would be out there on them streets. He would be with the sick. He'd be with the hurt. He'd be at the lost because you don't know what people are going through. And I think that's where, again, we have a we have a a, a opportunity as Christians to really impact culture. Uh, yeah. and, and I would love like just a little bit on that, because where how can we continually impact culture? Because I think that was a powerful statement uh, mm-hmm. to that question. Yeah,
2: I think so. So there's several things. Um, your question is you ask me your question again one more time.
0: So we were talking about impact. how can, about, we, um, impact, how how can we impact? yes, how can, you know, you, you said that we should impact culture by our faith. And I was just thinking like, practically, what are some things that we can do or, or what have you seen in your own experience with that?
2: Yes. Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, I think what you said was definitely um, very, very insightful. Um, I have a couple of thoughts <laughs> and I'm trying to think through them and be careful with with my words. Um, first things first is what I am against is hyper anything, right? So I'm against hyper greased messages, as well as I'm against hyper hellfire and brimstone messages, right? And I think that when we try to remedy the other, we we always try to remedy one with the other. If that makes sense. And by doing so, we're both wrong. I think what I would love to continue, and I'm continually asking God, and but I believe that my stance is always to bring people back to the middle, right? I think that with the what the what the Bible is against, I am against, right? As a Christian. And so that sort of goes back to you. I wanted to kind of address something when you was just, for example, right, just a blanket example talking about abortion, right? Whereas black and white is very, like you said, it's nuanced, right? There may be no clear cut and some Christians are definitely like pro-life. And then, you know, you have some Christians that are pro-choice, right? And I just want to use this as an example. In an area of that, just say if I was a pro-choice Christian, right? And what I'm saying is I'm not, I'm not letting you guys know whether I'm pro choice or pro life, right? But I'm just saying, what if I took the stance as a Christian that I'm pro choice, right? But if my interpretation of the biblical text is that the Bible is clearly against abortion,
1: how can I put this?
2: My own thoughts would then not be to change what the Bible says. So to speak, right, but in that instant, it would be what choice am I going to make, and let that personal choice be between me and God right like 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 how the Bible says like he would do the separating in the end right what 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 I'm against is people having ideas about certain things in culture that may not necessarily Align with scripture, but then you try to make that thought what God is saying. Does that make sense? Like, I guess what I'm saying is, for example, let's just 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 take for example like fornication. Right? Right? I don't believe that the Bible gives us permission to have sex outside of marriage. But if I was the person that was going to have sex outside of marriage, I'm never going to try to look at the biblical text and and tell other people, well, you just got it wrong, or because this is the tendency. Well, did Let's look at the Hebrew and let's look at the original context and let's like, we try to twist it in a way, as opposed to just saying, you know what, the Bible is like, is clear about this. And I know I shouldn't be doing this and I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway. And, you know, and, and allow God and the Holy Spirit to work on me and hopefully, you know, save me in my sin or whatever the case might be. Like there's mercy and grace for us all, right? We're all sinners saved by grace. But, but what I am against is these thoughts and ideologies that are popping up in culture, because I'm, I'm still sticking with it, and I hope y'all get what I'm saying. In culture that now say, no, now we have to look at the text through a womanist lens. Now, now you know what I mean? Like Like the biblical text has demonized sexuality so much. Now I'm going to look at the, now there's a lens that's going to come up, that's going to have us to look at the the text through a sexual liberative lens, right? And that causes us to skew the message of the word of God, of the gospel, right? And without going into so many layers of it, I guess at the end, what I'm trying to say is that we can speculate all day. And this goes back to how we engage with culture, right? Because even when you said speaking the truth in love, I do think that there's a tendency that if I don't agree, I don't love you. And I'm just as much against that as, again, speaking with the LGBTQ community, that all gays are going to hell. Like, how how can you say that? Right. So I guess my answer in all in a roundabout way, because I think it's very nuanced. Right. Is that how do we impact culture? Is that. One, I don't think that we can be, I think that the church has to take a stand on certain things that God is against. Like, if God is against it, we have to be against it, essentially. But, I, but I'm but i also cautious to say what the world condemns the church for is that if we are against something, then that automatically e- equals hate. But what I'm also... Um, chastising the church for is that most of the voices that get raised up are the ones that have their own agenda, right? And so it comes off comes off as hateful, and it and it distorts the message of the gospel where so many people are like, well why am I being condemned? Why am I if you serve a God of love, then why am I hearing these messages over the pulpit, right? And so I think in order to impact culture, we have to find the balance between taking a stand and not allowing culture to dictate for Christians what is right, what we disagree with. But I also think it is incumbent upon believers to say, how do we present the message and package it as if we're not gonna bend to what you're saying, like we're very clear that we don't agree with x, y and z um, and we're not gonna we're not gonna change our view or our stance on this, however, we want you to know that how can i say we we're not condemning if that makes if that makes sense, right? But I, I just think that there's this natural tendency in culture to always hear Christians say that if we disagree with something or we taking a stance on it, then, then then I'm hell bound. And I, and I think that I, I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think that people have an issue with Christians not agreeing with things in culture because I do think most things in culture are not, are against God, because that's the way of the world, right? But in those instances, when it's are, when it when it is, excuse me, how can we engage, right? I think that Christians have a responsibility to change the narrative um, that was spewed over centuries, right? To serve the evil agendas of men, whether that be patriarchy, slavery, um, sexuality, different things of that nature. But I think to remedy that, the church has been preaching hyper-grace messages, right? And so we know that the gospel, yes, isn't a gospel of inclusion, but there are certain standards that Christians that we should have, that we should not compromise with. But in order to remedy this uh, image that Christianity has has received over the years of being an elitist, you know, religion or, you know, How come the Christians, like Christianity is being forced on us and we don't, you know, whatever the case may be, I think that we've turned to, again, swinging the pendulum all the way to the left to hyper-grace messages. And I think that that's just as problematic. So, case in point, my answer, I guess, would be how can we impact culture is that we just have to find the balance between taking a stand as Christians and saying, hey, these are things that we are against, right, based on the word of God, again, the word of God has to be our center. The word of God has to be where we uh, where we don't compromise, right? And different things of that nature. Um, but I also think that we have to have that stance, but also let people know, like we're we're not against you joining joining us. If that makes sense, if that makes sense, I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but I I'm gonna stop there and hear your thoughts.
0: No, you you are uh, spot on, and I think that's um, where it, it has to be. Like you, you talked about that that pendulum swing back, right? That that hyper grace and that hyper fire and brimstone. It's like you can almost watch if if you know. And I, I've um, went to school as well for ministry, and if you if you study the church enough, you can see how culture has impacted the church
1: Mm -hmm, and
0: mm -hmm. swung the church out of out of the fire and brimstone because i'm gonna be Mm -hmm. honest like that there was like that was like truth truth right like that was like (laughs) that was the truth right okay yeah yeah if you're not saved you're going to hell if you sin you're going to like there there was like this uh, i'm trying to see if i can say it right like there was just such this Very rigid, cold, straight to the point truth about church. Yeah. And I think for a while it 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 just it 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 made you feel uncomfortable, but it wasn't uncomfortable in a good way. Like it can't, like it should be, right? And so now you have the church in the the hyper grace mode, the hyper, like it's almost like they took Jesus. And for that he's not just love, like Jesus is love and truth wrapped in one. Right. That's who he is. He's right. still truth. Like we could sit there and look at, I, I think the perfect example is the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. That, that's like the perfect example because mm-hmm. all of those religious leaders came and Jesus, look, this woman was caught. And this is what we watched her do mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. What do you say? You going to stone her? You going to take her out? What you want to do? Like, and Jesus just sat there and looked at them and said, all right, so one of y'all throw the first one since y'all, starting with the oldest, since y'all want to do what we going to do, like, y'all throw the first one if y'all ain't done nothing wrong. Yeah. And there's grace for her.
1: Yeah. But yeah. truth for them.
0: Right? Right. And so we well, we read the scripture one by one they leave. Jesus says, Where'd your accusers go? They go. Yeah. He tells and her even, you know, He tells her two things that I think people focus on the one, but they don't really focus on the other. He told her she can go too. And that's where most people focus on. Yeah. Jesus Jesus that's didn't true. do nothing, but he also said, and sin no more.
1: Exactly.
0: He gave her the truth (laughs) and love, and it's the perfect balance between the two. He didn't just let her go and be like, all right, well, they didn't throw nothing, so you can go, but hey, don't do that no more. Exactly. And how impactful is that truth in love than truth in fear? You trying to scare the hell out of me? That didn't work. I I grew up in that. (laughs) I went to that church. That didn't work. Right. That didn't scare me enough, right? And right. and so, but now you have the churches. Everybody, God loves everybody. He loves yeah. you just the yeah. way you are. Yeah, yeah. He does. He does. But he, it's not his goal for you to stay where you are.
2: You
0: mm-hmm. you can't. You have to grow. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole crux of Christianity is he yep. loves you where you are, but he ain't gonna let you stay where you are. Yeah, And it's that's where most people Yeah, that's where people That's where the balance, that's the truth that has to Come with the grace. Yes, God Has grace for that, but he don't have tolerance For that